This is The House okay. Call. Welcome to The House Call Podcast. We're back. We're back. It's been a big breaking news. Breaking news weekend. Week one. It's been a hell of a weekend. First things first. Colts Pro Bowl offensive lineman Quentin Nelson reached an extension that's precedent setting. It's four years averaging $20 million per year, including $60 million guaranteed. This makes him the highest paid guard in NFL history. With that being said, on the subject of extensions, also had Darren Waller's extension. It's a three-year contract with $51 million in new money. It, Walker, Waller's agent said this was one of the most challenging negotiations. So we've got two big extensions. After Sunday's game, we have a bit of injury news that's come out. So first things first, Steelers pass rushing superstar TJ Watt is believed to have torn his pec. You could see as he's coming out of the game, he's saying he tore his pec. So that's going to be a big loss for the Steelers. Next, we had Matt Jones, who suffered a back injury during the game. X-rays has come out. It's negative. It is believed that it's back spasms. There's a chance he could play next week against the Steelers. Last but certainly not least, it seems like the most important injury, one of the most important ones, is Dak Prescott breaking his thumb. He has had surgery, and it looks like he's going to be out for a while. So with that being said, though, Rob, who would you say for the Cowboys to go out and get to replace Dak for this little bit of time? It depends how confident the 49ers are in Jim with uh, Trey Lance, and they're not really, he's not doing well. He got pretty, he got, they got, uh, I don't know if it was so much on him because looking at the weather conditions of that game in Chicago was, it, it, it was really, both quarterbacks really didn't do well. But um, I think I would go with Jimmy just because, like, at this point, they want to get something for him, anyways, instead of nothing because they're already kind of moved on from him. Uh, that's how, that's what I think. What do you think, uh, Thomas? Well, I agree if, if they can go with Jimmy 100%. Uh, but I'm not convinced that the 49ers will trade them. It's kind of – or trade him. It's kind of hard to tell if the 49ers are just trying to play their cards in such a way that people will give them a better offer or if they really are committed to Jimmy G as their backup for this year. But like you said, the way Trey Lance was looking on Sunday – I don't think that they'd be very quick to trade him unless they had a great deal for him. And when you're looking at Dak Prescott will be back by the end of this year, how much are you really willing to give up for just this year to get Jimmy Garoppolo when you know you're not going to be able to re-sign him or have reason to re-sign him? I think with with both Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, you're kind of playing a game of like, I got quarterbacks that are made of tissue paper. Do I want to get a bring on a guy? That I think his contract, he's guaranteed seven million. Does the does the 49ers take that that cap hit and uh, and they get Jimmy Garoppolo on their books for nothing or whatever his contract left is, or or they go somewhere else? But what is your thoughts, Juan? I don't think the 49ers are gonna let go Jimmy that easy, and I don't think the Cowboys should really trade for Jimmy G. Especially, I heard the injury he's gonna be back by like week 11 week 12 something like that so it's not something they have to actually go into 
trade necessarily for Jimmy. I heard during negotiations with Cam, which is bad. They have Cooper Rush as their backup. It's not an ideal situation, but let's be honest, that offense last night looked miserable. So they weren't, at least they didn't look like they were going anywhere. So I wouldn't burn the bridge down for Jimmy. At this point, you're just looking at the roster and you're like, is this a team that has a chance of making the playoffs? If you cannot legitimately say that and think that maybe Jimmy G will be that missing piece you need just because Dak Prescott is out, then you don't do it. You don't pull the trigger. You just kind of wait it out and you'll be like, okay, maybe let's just ride with Cooper Rush. Cam Newton, guy can't throw more accurately than five yards, but at least he's a better option than Cooper Rush. But it's like you're depends what, what, what direction you're going to go with. I'll throw a name out for you guys. Now, this one, it would take some work because the team's GM is probably going to hold Dallas's to the fire. Gardner Minshew, you think about it. Cheap. You can lock him up long term. That's a viable backup option. You know, you can uh, actually win some games with Gardner Minshew. He's shown he can still, he can play pretty well now that he's out, he's out of Jacksonville versus the Jimmy G going out and getting Jimmy where it's a one-year thing, and after this year, you don't have the means to assign him. So, is it really something that you want to do? You know, whereas Gardner Minshew, you might be able, you might be able to get him for less. They'll be able to get him because the Eagles got him for that exact reason. They got him because they don't look. The Eagles don't look like they believe fully in Jalen Hurts. They've brought in every single bag of quarterback they can to like put him under pressure and be like, well, if Jalen Hurts doesn't work, we got Joe Flacco a couple of years ago. Now they've got Gardner Minshew. I don't think they're gonna give him to a divisional opponent opponent either. So I don't think that's gonna happen. Okay. Yeah, so what I'm seeing really is there's a lot of options better than Cooper Rush, but the Cowboys are in absolutely no position to get anyone right now. And you look at Cam Newton, even if they were to sign him, remember what happened when he uh, came in for Carolina was he 0 and 5 and he was throwing interceptions left and right so I don't think Cam Newton is going to be any better this year coming off no practice than he would have been last year uh looking at the other free agents Mike Glennon uh he has hasn't had much of a winning record Garrett Gilbert who used to be on on the Cowboys so it's just it's crazy to me and I, I was wrong. I was terribly wrong picking them to beat the Buccaneers. It's the first time I've ever picked against Tom Brady, and it was a terrible choice. And, uh, man, it's weird to look at the Cowboys after week one, and they already feel like they're in rebuild mode because that offense just has nothing. That offensive line, I was watching the left side for pretty much the whole game, with missing their two starters. Their backups, they, they couldn't hold the – Buccaneers defensive line for more than two seconds and then they were on Prescott so I'm worried for any quarterback that would take over for Prescott and it's just it's shocking to me the Cowboys are already in rebuild mode after week one I mean they're, they're gonna have to figure something out most definitely well with that being said let's keep it going guys but before we go too far I want to take a break and acknowledge some of our sponsors here Sundays are a ritual in my house one important part of that routine is drinking liquid IV I love staying hydrated and Liquid IV makes that so easy, especially when I have 12 hours of enjoying football ahead of me. There's so many delicious flavors. My personal favorite is passion fruit. 
One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster than just water alone. Get 25% off and free shipping when you go to liquidiv.com and use code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at checkout. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com and remember to use the code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast or click the link in the bio. Oh, in other breaking news that's come out, it's come out that this year is expected to be Tom Brady's final season in the NFL. So we got week one of the farewell tour. With that being said, Rob, with this being Tom Brady's final season, what are your expectations for him in his farewell tour? First of all, is it really his final season? I'll believe it when I see it. I, at this point, like I, he loves football so much that who knows but he's our i mean it looks like he kind of isn't accepting it but as far as like his farewell tour i think he's gonna go on a tear i think that first game was just like a little bit of a hiccup just shaking off rust there's a lot of injuries on that offensive line leonard fournette is a freaking stud i think he ran for 121 yards on i think 20 attempts and i thought that that block on micah parsons was pretty funny and mike you should see the tweet that micah parsons <laughs> And they're going back and forth a little bit, but I think, I think with Tampa, with Tampa Bay seeing that Brady's is last year, I think they're they're prime for going for a Super Bowl run. The Rams are really the only team that really can contend with them in the NFC. I don't really believe in the Eagles that much, even though I have them winning the division, just because of the inexperience. So here's a, here's his chance, and is a straight path to the Super Bowl, but it's probably going to have to be going through maybe the Bills or the Chiefs. Okay, Tom. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Tom Brady is just so deeply in love with football. He's maybe more in love with football than anybody else in the history of the world. So, yeah, I'll be convinced that he's retired when he's literally too old to play. And, yeah, I agree. As long as you have this Buccaneers team, which has it's stacked on the wide receiver position, it's stacked on defense, as long as he has a chance to win another Super Bowl... I think he's going to stick around. So he says it now. Let's see in a year how he played this year, uh, how much he's regressed with age, which so far we haven't seen much. You can't really judge anything off week one. So give him a few weeks. And if he's he's his old self at the end of the season, I don't see why he wouldn't change his mind and do another year. Why wouldn't he keep going? Because it's kind of what he's talked about his whole career. Looking at looking at what he did in the game, there is zero velocity taken off that fastball. Yeah. And and Julio Jones, is he turning back the clock? Did you guys see that catch that he got? Mm-hmm. My God. Well, <laughs> did someone has to say? Well, Julio. Guys... What about Julio? He's on the TB12 method, he said. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. he, he did. So exactly. We're going <laughs> we got another decade of Julio all of a sudden. Exactly. Juan, your thoughts on uh, this being the end for Brady? Potentially, I should say. I mean, really, look, he as long as he's got a chance for a Super Bowl, as long as he feels like he can throw that ball the way he's throwing it, he, he's going to keep going, in my opinion. Look, he, he, he could have stopped whenever he won against the Seahawks. He could have stopped when he won against the Falcons. He could have stopped when he won. Um, against the Rams, and he could have stopped when he lost against the Titans, and he could have stopped when he won the Super Bowl again. So I don't think he'll stop. And there is one thing stopping him this year, 
and it is the longevity of this, of this team. I saw a lot of guys on the ground yesterday. For that O-line, Julio, slow to get up on, on some plays. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not explosive, I'm just saying Chris Godwin, out again. Uh, he hasn't got Gronkowski. I'm not saying there's someone that's going to beat him. I'm just saying maybe they beat themselves and they have to play a third string left tackle in the NFC Championship and they lose. I don't know. I, I got the counter statement to that. Tua is in his final year's contract. I do not want this, but this is one way to stick it to the Patriots. As Patriots fans, we do not want this. Brady is a free agent after this year. He goes down to Miami. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds. Dear God. And, and, a, and, a, and a hell of a hell of a coach as based off week one. Um yeah, if he can make Tua look decent, then he's he's a head of a good good head coach. Hold on, Rob. Do you think they pick between Brady or Lamar if they have a chance? Oh, come on. Brady, oh, okay, so if we're going to go based off, like, they want to win a Super Bowl like now. That's why they paid all these contracts. And realistically, Brady, if he says, I'll give you two more years, that's two, cha- that's two chances at a Super Bowl. Do you look at Lamar and you're like, this guy can win me a Super Bowl? I don't know about you. Let's look back at some of these games. First things first, Pittsburgh and the Bengals. Rob, what are your thoughts coming out of Pittsburgh and the Bengals? I don't know. They were just taking turns on who's going to lose the game. Uh, missing field goals when it needed to be need to happen. And <sighs> Joe Burrow, what the hell? <laughs> was it the first play through an interception? I Look, Mike Tomlin's probably going to win coach of the year because what he's doing, especially going against a team like the Bengals with that firepower, with no real franchise quarterback – what he what he's done is just incredible, and I I they're gonna be a tough out against my uh, New England next week. Most definitely, Juan. What are your thoughts, Pittsburgh and the Bengals? The rough game that the I have to say the Steelers only had to put up another touchdown and they would win. That that's the only thing they were winning twenty to seven at one point I think, and all they had to do is score another touchdown. Mitch Trubisky couldn't do that. Um, their offense couldn't get the ball moving and. The Bengals kept getting chance after chance after chance to win. I don't think a team should ever have a chance to win after you beat you win the turnover battle by five. I think I don't think you should have a chance to lose that game. So to me, the Steelers they they need to get it going on offense. That that's my thing. Okay, Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to evaluate the Steelers, kind of in line with what y'all were saying when. The Bengals played that abysmally bad. And you look at, what was it, three interceptions and a fumble by Joe Burrow. Somehow they stayed in the game. Somehow they made it to overtime. And then what the heck was going on with their special teams? Do they not have a backup long snapper? Like, how can you, week one of the season not have a backup long snapper if i remember right it was like their third string tight end yeah am i correct (laughs) but but put your center out there put your backup center out there at this point it's like what the fuck is going on you got all these problems going on the fact that they were even in in the game he mentioned five turnovers what the Name a game where you even have a chance to go into any sort of winning situation where you that disparity in turnovers. We got something special for you guys today. 
Thomas is going to write a blog about this topic. So I'm going to turn it over to Thomas and let him talk about what happened in the upcoming blog. So Thomas, take it away, please. So I think there's a lot of memorable moments in week one and we get uh, really excited about a lot of stuff that goes on on the football field. Uh, you know, we had a tie this week. We had a bunch of missed field goals, unexpected upsets. And I just want to make sure that this particular story isn't uh, lost in when we're remembering week one. And basically what happened is you have the Baltimore Ravens against the New York Jets. And it's a game, frankly, there wasn't much of a game. The Ravens were winning 24 to 3. Uh, two minutes and 42 left in the fourth quarter. Most people aren't watching it anymore. And then Lamar Jackson throws a ball and uh, cornerback DJ Reed for the Jets just makes this amazing diving interception. I mean, the interception alone is worth mentioning. And he, he really shouldn't have come up with that ball, but he did. And then he goes to midfield and kind of gets down on both knees and uh, kisses his hand kind of and, and points up. And there's, there's no explanation, so then the game ends. And a lot of fans, actually some were being, you know, they thought he was being obnoxious. They didn't know the context. So they're, they're saying, well, what's going on? Why are you celebrating an interception when your team's down 21 points and you're obviously not going to win? And he explained that he had just found out about the passing of his father uh, right before the game. And no, 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 play. no, 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 that was a, so my dad passed away literally right before these games. And he said, my dad passed away right before the game. I was emotional and uh, am still emotional. That pick was for my dad. It wasn't celebrating with the scoreboard. That was much deeper than football. And I just thought it would be fitting to just kind of uh, take a moment to recognize that just I, I'm writing an article about it. It's, it's on the website, or it will be on the website when this video is released. And uh, just to kind of see uh, the humanity of these players and, and the fact that he was able to get that interception and an interception against all odds and honor his father in that way, I just I thought it was really, really profound. And obviously our, our thoughts and prayers are, are with him, and that's... That, that's something to remember from week one of this season. Thank you, Thomas. I, we, look, I, I appreciate, like, none of us even told Thomas to do that. So that's something he noted in, in his head to uh, bring to uh, the podcast and the website that we have. Guys, we have the blogs that we do post weekly. Uh, go out go out there and check it out. Thomas writes some damn good blogs along with Jake and Tony. This has been the House Call Podcast episode. You know, you can't watch the videos. You don't have time. You want to listen to us when you're on the road, you're working out, you're doing whatever. We're on Spotify. Go give us a listen there. All your social medias, we're there. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, we're there. Like, comment, subscribe. We've got giveaways coming. Keep your eyes on the channel. Keep your eye on the website. We got a fantastic blog coming. All hey, right. guys, also, we just got sponsored by Fanatics. So just understand that when we post the daily links or or weekly links, you have your chance of getting such a huge discount on your on the apparel at Fanatics, and that all you have to do is follow our link, and you got 
I, I saved $75 off three jerseys. There you go. All right. This has been the House Call Podcast. Rob, take us the hell home. This has been the House Call Podcast. Signing out. And in LA, the Raiders are coming to visit the San Diego. What do you see going on for that game? I got the over in that game. It feels like whenever these two teams play each other, 